this crazy time that we're in right now uh, in our world, I'm so grateful for all of you who are here, and I'm so grateful for all of you who've joined us online. Thanks for being here. I hope you're having a great experience at home. We're having a great experience in this room. That, uh, that, that last song was great, wasn't it? And the band's going to come back when, I, when I'm done and, and close out uh, our, our time today. Uh, and so, uh, if we haven't met, my name's Terry Smith. I'm the lead pastor here at the Life Christian Church. Hope to have the opportunity to meet you soon. Um, today is Vision Sunday at the Life Christian Church, which means that I'm going to take uh, maybe just a little bit longer than usual to uh, talk to you about our vision here at TLCC and to remind all of us who have been around for a while of, of why we do what we do uh, and to uh, inform and hopefully inspire so many of you who are new to us since the last time I did a talk like this, which would have been about 18 months ago. So a lot of folks uh, are, are new to us during that last 18 months. You know, during COVID, you know, we're, we're growing. I don't even know if I possibly understand that, but, you know, we've grown for years and years, but uh, it, I, I don't know that I expected it here So uh, during this time. But um, I'm, anyway, most of you will uh, remember the story about the Greek philosopher Archimedes, who made an earth-shattering discovery when he sat down in his bathtub and realized that volume could be measured by water displacement. You don't have to think very much about that. I don't even understand it, but that's his discovery. Archimedes was so excited by this revolutionary scientific revelation that he supposedly and famously went running wet and naked through the streets, shouting, Eureka! So... My life in ministry and my leadership of this church over the past 29 years can in one sense be distilled into a handful of eureka moments. Not the running naked through the streets part, of course, but moments when a God-inspired revelation about the future came into my mind and spirit, and I knew, if you please, what the next season of my life in ministry should look like. As a pastor, it might be more appropriate to, appropriate to talk about an epiphany rather than a eureka. But for the purpose of today's talk, I like the idea of having a revelation, a God-inspired vision so compelling and so consequential that I feel like running through the streets shouting, look what God wants to do through us. My own version of eureka. I'm reminded of the words of the Old Testament prophet Habakkuk who received a vision of a preferred future from God. He was asking God's questions. He was asking God questions and God replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. In other words, God said, I'm going to give you a vision of the future I want you to write it on tablets large enough so that someone can run through the streets and everybody can read it. I like the way the message has it. God answered, write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness 
pointing to what's coming. Now, it's important to say that when I've had a vision of our future as a church, that vision, and this is very important, is always tested and refined and made better by the people that God has placed over me and the people that God has placed around me. Our board and elders, our staff team, and all the other leaders of this congregation. Therefore, these eureka moments uh, become our eureka moments. And this is when the power of shared vision becomes something awesome and powerful and actualized. So today, I want to remind you, or uh, maybe tell some of you for the first time, about two TLCC defining eurekas. And Within that, I want to introduce a couple of major new vision initiatives for this coming season, and I want to talk about two ways that we can respond to these two Eurekas. So I'm going to be kind of all over the map today, but in order for you to kind of organize the variety of things I'll say, and I'm going to give other lists of three of this and two of that, so on and so forth. You can think about the way the, the, the talk is structured, that I'm going to talk about two Eurekas and lots of stuff in that, and then two responses to that today. All right? Everybody okay? All right. Well, you're now you're being nice. It's almost overwhelming. All right. Eureka 1... Ever-widening circles. You hear that a lot around here. I actually heard this week about a relatively new staff team member who asked, what do we mean when we say ever-widening circles? It occurred to me that we probably need to explain more about this. And every once in a while, we will. See, we believe that we have a mandate to spread God's love in ever-widening circles. A number of years ago, we were seized with the simple yet profound revelation that we should not only focus on what we do here, but that we should focus just as much, if not more, on what we do from here. When we got this idea that may sound simple, but, but the fact is this is not what most churches are doing, when we got this this thing in us, We were in the process now a number of years ago of raising the funds for this project in which we now sit and uh, designing the building and um, uh, trying to get it built. And um, one of the questions that we had, frankly, is how can we justify this kind of investment in bricks and mortar when we know that uh, the gospel is about so much more than bricks and mortar. And we, we thought about that a lot, and we became convinced that our motivation for moving in was that we should move out, that it always has to be about more than here. It has to be just as much from here. Now, there are a number of ways we come to describe that uh, over the years. Here's one way that might help you a little bit to understand a little bit of what, of our language around here. When we were, uh, designing this building, um, I got a call from the town engineer and he wanted me to choose an address for this building 
for this property. And he gave me a list of maybe 15 numbers that were possible from whatever the address is over there to whatever the address is over there. Yeah. And, and one of the numbers was 747. And we've been doing a lot of thinking about this whole move in so we could move out. And when I saw 747, all of a sudden it occurred to me that really what we're building here is an airport. And I, I said, well, I didn't even give it much thought. And I didn't think I needed to, to get a bunch of people to think about it. I said, we'll take 747. And we started, obviously we did that because at that time that was the biggest plane flying in the sky. And, uh, people kind of related to that. And we started talking here about how that we were building an airport at 747. It conveyed this idea that it's not just about what we do here, but from here. That, that we're not just asking people to come here, but we're asking people to come here so they can go from here. So they can go from here in whatever their sphere of calling and influence is, whether it's building a business or a nonprofit or, 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 uh, 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 being engaged in mission programs or, or helping to plant new campuses. But we were always thinking not just about people coming here, but going from here that we're launching people into the life God dreams for them and being engaged in his mission in ways that's not just building centric. But that's epicentric, if you please. And um, this is why, for instance, our K-Port is named K-Port. Because we, we try from the, from the infancy of kids in this church to cause them to think about their life being about more, their life being launched, that living the life God dreams for them, being engaged in spreading God's love. And so when kids, if you've not been downstairs to our 11,000 square foot glorious K-Port facility, our children's ministry, when kids walk in, they walk through a big airplane and their classrooms aren't called classrooms, they're called gates and we're just, this, this is just one example of how sometimes you'll see like, you know, maybe the branding on our welcome to the life class and you see an airplane. This is the thought behind it. It's this idea that it's not just about here. It's about what happens from here every bit as much. This is a launching pad, if you please. And I'm mixing metaphors now. This is an airport. This is a runway that it's not just about this. It's about you and your life from here. And it's about the missional initiatives of this church from here. This is why we call this building a worship and mission center. It's not just about coming on Sunday morning for an hour and 15 minutes or this morning, I'll tell you an hour and 29 minutes or so of worship. That's, that's a brief little moment in our life every week. It's about now what happens when we leave here and what's going on the other six days of the week. It's a worship and mission center. It is a center for mission. Another way we've described this is that we want to be an epicenter of apostolic movement. We just have this idea that the church is constantly supposed to be growing, thriving, expanding, impacting uh, uh, the society around us. Uh, we believe that the good news about Jesus should be fair, shared far and wide and that the church should be leading lots of people to Jesus and baptizing them and helping them live the life God dreams for them in every way. In the early church, 
church, the history of the early church that we find in that book called Acts in the New Testament, you get this sense of constant apostolic movement. Um, from day one, the day the church was born, Acts 2.41, those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Acts 4.4, many of the people who heard their message believed it so that the number of believers who believed totaled about 5,000. Acts 9.31, the church grew in numbers. Acts 9.49, Acts 9.42, the news spread through the whole town and many believed in the Lord. Acts 12.24, meanwhile, the word of the Lord continued to spread and there were many new believers. Acts 13.49, so the Lord's message spread throughout that region. Acts 19.20, so the message about the Lord spread widely and had powerful effect. And then our theme passage, at least for the second part of our mission statement, is found in Acts 6-7. God's message was preached in ever-widening circles. This is what we're trying to convey when we talk about our mission at TLCC is to inspire people to the life God dreams for them, which is a subject for another day, as we spread God's love in ever-widening circles. So we also believe that this epicenter should create other epicenters. That, that it's, it's, again, it's never just about what's happening here at 747, but it's about what we do from here where other epicenters are created through new campuses, through nonprofits, people in this room who've been inspired by the vision of this church. I see Frankie sitting back here as an example of this, uh, and I could call out other people who've gone and started other ministries that now have become their own epicenters of spreading God's love, uh, uh, our, our missions programs and so on. We, 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 it's not ever just going to be about this. This is about that. See, and this is a big part of how we think about doing ministry here. So now let me talk for a few minutes about three strategies to spread God's love in ever-widening circles. All right, two Eurekas. This is the first Eureka, and under the first Eureka, I'm going to talk about three strategies. Don't be confused. I'm a little confused, but you shouldn't be confused. So three strategies that we employ here to spread God's love in ever-widening circles. The first is, now let me go ahead and I'm, I'm, I feel like I need to say this now. Most of you are very aware that part of what's going to happen during the month of December is that we're going to receive our Christmas offering and that our Christmas offering this year is going to fund all of our missional initiatives, all of our ever-widening circle initiatives for the next, uh, presumably six months. If it's a, a, a miraculously large offering, it'll fund it for longer and we won't come back to this. But the plan was we receive, the plan is that we receive one major offering a year that, that sponsors all of our from here stuff. And on the offering envelope, you always see a category called ever-widening circles. That's to fund our mission budget if someone decides to give something during the year above their normal tithes and offerings. But primarily, we fund our missional, our from here uh, um, budget through one major offering. And the plan is that we do that every year during Lent. We do it uh, we, we receive the offering on Palm Sunday and on Easter Sunday. And this year, we were all set up to do that. 
and COVID-19 came along, and we, myself, uh, our board and elders, our lead team felt very strongly that that wasn't the right time to come and ask folks for an offering. Everyone was just trying to figure out how to survive during that time. We did ask a few people to help provide some bridge funding that helped us be able to do some of the things I'm about to talk about over the last six months, but really, our missions budget ran out this past June. And we've kind of band-aided a lot of things together and accomplished a lot. But this month, we need to raise a missions offering that will fund our From Here projects for the next at least six months and hopefully more. I say at least six months because if we need to, we'll come back during Lent and get back on our regular schedule. But um, that's the plan. So anyway, you can have that in your mind as I talk about how we have these three strategies to spread God's love in ever-widening circles. The first one is Plus Life Missions. And under Plus Life Missions, we talk about two things. We talk about Plus Life Local and Plus Life Global. I'm going to take a few minutes to give you a sense of how many things we're involved in so that you can understand um, both our vision, how you can get involved, and why we have such opportunity and need around this. We have a number of Plus Life Local projects. When we talk about Plus Life Local, we're talking about things that we're doing in, in the immediate surroundings of West Orrington, our, camp, our Paramus campus. And so I'm just going to go through our normal, our regular partners. These are people that we have sustainable, long-term relationships with and that we're serving alongside, oftentimes providing funds, uh, most of the time providing volunteers. So, for instance, a headliner would be the Newark YMCA. The Newark YMCA has a 260-bed homeless facility that we adopted a number of years ago. We've done such significant work there that the, the National YMCA came and presented us an award for our unusual work around the homeless facility at the Newark YMCA. Uh, we're partners with New City Kids, a marvelous after-school program for underprivileged kids in Jersey City and Patterson. Our Paramus campus is particularly trying to connect with the center in, in Jersey City to serve these kids whose, whose lives are being impacted by this nonprofit Christian ministry called New City Kids. Brave New Jersey Women's Shelter. Um, among other things, I know that we have a number of women in our church who hosted a day-long spa retreat treat for the women at the Brave New Jersey Women's Shelter, just one of many things that could be mentioned. The YWCA of Union County Domestic Violence Shelter, Renew Life Center, a pregnancy and new motherhood assistance, and a, a, an organization that works with people to rise out of poverty. The Valentine House, uh, a, a perfect example of what we mean when we say that we don't just want to be an epicenter here, but we want to create other epicenters. Um, Charles Valentine uh, came to faith uh, in Jesus and was baptized here at the Life Christian Church. He uh, had been a very successful businessman who had lost everything through a drug and alcohol addiction. He estimates that he snorted a million dollars worth of cocaine alone. And uh, we he ends up coming to TLCC. Now we're going back 
20 years ago probably. At that time, we were having three services a weekend, and Charles would come to every service and sit there on the front row right in front of me. I had to make up new jokes every service. I hate it when people come back the next time. But anyway, uh, and, and Charles ends up having this miraculous recovery uh, and began to use his leadership skills and his business acumen to build our recovery ministry here at the Life Christian Church. Over the course of 15 years or so, we had thousands of people go through our recovery ministry here at TLCC. It became a model for the, for the, for the state itself as to how to do recovery. And we were doing it around the 12 steps for Christians and lots of other things. And then Charles retired, left our team. But at some point before that, he came to me with a dream called Valentine Homes where, uh, they would, they would have homes, beautiful homes where recovering addicts would live together, support one another in their recovery and um, so on. And since then, Valentine Homes, they have several homes in this area. I believe they have one now in Florida. Uh, and um, uh, that's, that's an example of something. It's not happening here, but it's something that got launched from here. And there are lots of beautiful examples of that. Well, we partner with the Valentine Homes. I'm going to keep reading. Youth Consultation Services, Kilbarchin Home for Teens in Patterson, Center for Food Action in Bergen County, which provides food for children on free or reduced lunch programs, Community Food Bank of New Jersey, Christine Soup Kitchen here in West Orange, which we've been a part of for many, many years. Christine Soup Kitchen is housed at Holy Trinity Church down on Main Street here in West Orange. Uh, that's the, the, the building that we were in when I became pastor of this church 29 years ago. There's a soup kitchen there that serves many, many hungry families. And, uh, TLCC has been a big part of that for many, many years, led by the, the wonderful Eleanor Wills. And uh, I was just told this week that typically the, we host a Christmas, um, I guess it would be a lunch on a Saturday for needy families in this area. And typically there are some 60 families that we'll serve. This year, because of COVID, they're expecting 160 families. And I heard Kevin, our business and finance director, who's sitting back there hoping I'd do a good job with this, say, Pastor, we, we're going to have to really make a much greater investment in that this year because there are a lot more people who are in need. I'm going to keep reading. Planet Forward, cleaning urban areas, planting community gardens, etc. Habitat for Humanity, Essex and Passaic County. We send teams to help build homes for people in need. Canterbury Seniors Village, um, Casa of Essex County provides guardians for foster children going through the court process. Children's Specialized Hospital, American Red Cross. We host, especially during COVID, we've been hosting a number of blood drives here. Hey, how much do we give here? We even give our blood here because there's a need during COVID for more blood in the blood supply. The Holy Trinity Food Pantry, the food pantry that serves this area, it's housed down on Main Street for many, many years. The Life Christian Church has been the largest donor to the Holy Trinity Food Pantry. So that, th these are our normal partners. These are things that are funded from our mission budget all year long. That's only Plus Life Local. Then, of course, we got hit with COVID-19 earlier this year. And as most of you know, because we have talked about this lately, we've been blessed as a church to be able to leverage, uh, at this point, about $500,000 of food and relief supplies to people in need during COVID-19, by God's grace. So in addition to our regular partners now, we have partners like Tony's 
Kitchen Food Pantry in Montclair and the City of Passaic Food Pantry. Go on the Mayor of Passaic's Facebook page and listen to him celebrate uh, how we've uh, helped uh, the Passaic Food Pantry, the Teaneck Board of Education Food Pantry, the Helping Hands Food Pantry in Teaneck, Essex County Food Distributions. Um, one, one of the most beautiful experiences I've had in, in, in recent memory, really, I was moved to tears when uh, this summer during COVID, uh, I had to come to the church a rel- uh, 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 in, in the morning to make a video, I believe, and I was I was running late and probably driving too fast up Northfield Avenue, and all of a sudden there's a traffic jam that went from I learned later from here all the way down to the McDonald's, which is about probably a mile from here, bumper to bumper traffic. I was frustrated. I was impatient. I was frankly a little angry, just to be honest about my sin. And I'm trying to figure out how to get around all this crazy traffic. And all of a sudden it hits me that that was the morning that we were hosting along with the Essex County Food Distribution Center, a, a, a feeding for hungry families in Essex County. And I learned that there was bumper to bumper traffic a mile long for hours that morning because we made a contribution of food of about $70,000 that day. And the Essex County people did something as much or more. And we served hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families. Uh, we have a great partnership with Convoy of Hope, which they've provided a lot of food for us during this time to, 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 to distribute. Also with a great organization called Feed the Children, which we've leveraged money to purchase a truck full of food as, and to serve people as well. The, the Jewish Vocational Service received a large grant to serve people who were hungry, but who were hungry, but didn't have the infrastructure or volunteer system to be able to do it. So the Jewish Vocational System called the Life Christian church and said, can we partner together to serve hungry people? And we became the means through which the Jewish vocational service uh, used this grant to serve people in their constituency who were hungry during COVID. Um, the West Orange Board of Education Food Pantry. Um, uh, go on the mayor, on the, on the superintendent of schools Facebook page here in West Orange and hear him show video of boxes and boxes and rooms of food that we were able to provide to help kids who weren't getting their lunches during this time and were, un- were, 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 were not able to do it and to save them from malnourishment, we were able to get involved. And the superintendent of schools is on this video talking about his brothers and sisters at the Life Christian Church, the Mayor Sunshine Fund, where I was doing an interview with the mayor of West Orange and asking what the need was. And he talked about the Sunshine Fund that was helping serve people in the community. And I was able to say, because we have generous donors here at TLCC, right there on the spot on camera, we'll donate $5,000 to that. We just have partner after partner after partner like that that's just been developed during COVID. By the way, uh, our Plus Life Missions program is led by a phenomenal leader who really uh, superstarred during COVID and is still doing that, Bonnie Parks. I don't know if you're in the room right now, Bonnie. If you are, would you stand? If not, you're watching online. We're so grateful for you. You're doing a fantastic job. 
Or just think about the effort that just took place a couple of weeks ago. Our annual Thanksgiving basket food drive. Doesn't really sound like that much of a deal. We spent five minutes maybe talking about this on stage. But because of the generosity of the people of the Life Christian Church, our team, led by Selena Brown, who I know is in the building today. Are you in the room, Selena? She's serving out in the coffee bar. Selena, who's one of the charter members here at TLCC, has led this for years. They put together elegant food baskets, a complete Thanksgiving dinner and more for families who have need during this time. We were able to serve 270 families Thanksgiving dinner on Thanksgiving Day. What a privilege it is to be a part of something bigger than ourselves that's doing the work of Jesus in this world and doing it as if we're doing it to Jesus, not just for Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 25, he said, uh, he said, imagine at the end of time, the king calling the righteous into the everlasting peace. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. And then Jesus said, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. That's Plus Life Local. Then there's Plus Life Global. We have a number of global partners, deep, meaningful partners. We decided years ago we weren't just going to send money to some missions organization, but that we were going to only uh, get involved in relationships where we invested in something that would be sustainable and uh, where our people could actively hands-on serve. So that because when you serve like this, it expands your life in such incredible ways. So let me just talk to you about some of our global partners. I'm out of breath. Are you guys okay? You, it just seems to me I, I'm being very intentional in just going through the whole list, almost the whole list, because I think it's important every once in a while to be reminded of the scope of what we're doing, what we mean when we talk about ever-widening circles. Okay, Global Missions Partners. The, 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 the headliner for us for years has been Adopt One Village. Is Emmanuel in the room? Has anybody ever come in the room anymore? I know he's here. <laughs> Emmanuel Anamsaki, he's the guy who meets you out week after week after week in the parking lot with that great big smile and that, that Ghanaian accent. Emmanuel Anamsaki is a U.S. postal worker immigrated from Ghana now a number of years ago. He felt so incredibly prosperous to be able to be a postal service worker here in the United States, and he felt 
such a passion for the people, people back in the Abatifi Kwahu region of Ghana that, that he started just on his mail route collecting things, clothes and things from people that he could send over there to Ghana. It started off, you know, a few boxes and then it became a shipping container. And then he formed a nonprofit called Adopt One Village. And, and sometime around there became a part of the Life Christian Church and we got on board. And now over the years, we together with Adopt One Village, the Adopt One Village is another one of these epicentric things that, that's launched from this epicenter. Adopt One Village now has rebuilt that, that community, that village, uh, there. We've put a beautiful hospital there, the Nidus. We've built a hospital, it's hospitable. It's also a hospital. We've built a hospital there, the Life, uh, the Life Community Care, anyway, it's TLCC something. The Life Community Care Center, beautiful, the nicest hospital in that region. We've uh, brought water to the village. We've helped bring electricity. We've trained teachers. We've sponsored kids. We've had bike drives. We've had shoe drives. It's amazing what's happened. Emmanuel is being awarded nationally and internationally for his work. In fact, the United States Postal Service, imagine how large it is. Imagine and how many people are employed by it awarded him their humanitarian of the year because he and his organization with the Life Christian Church, who is that organization's largest donor and partner, have accomplished so many things. Adopt One Village is one of our partners. Now, there are stories. There are stories. Is Emmanuel here? I don't know why somebody wouldn't talking about him. And is he in the room? Emmanuel. Anyway, he's the greatest guy you've ever met. Okay, that's one. Now, I could tell a story like that behind most of the things I'm about to mention. There's, there's not time today. Just assume there are relationships, there are meaning. Emmanuel, would you run down right here? Stand, I just want everybody to, to know who you are. Would you come down, come down, come down, come down, come down. Right there, you're good right there, you're good right there. Just come over here to the stage far away. Take off your mask if you would, so everybody can see how beautiful you are, okay? All right, I love you, Emmanuel. All right. One of the most effective leaders I've ever seen, and he, he, he has, as you've seen, he has a servant's heart. You, unless he's in Africa, you never pull up in our parking lot where Emmanuel's not out there telling you what to do with a great big smile on his face. All right. Adopt One Village. Um, uh, we have a, a, a child development center in El Salvador with our partner, Compassion International, where we've sponsored lots of kids, have a partner church, uh, provide after-school programs, serve the kids food. We have teams go there regularly. Sharon and I sponsor a couple of those kids. I was there last summer, got to preach in the church there. Amazing thing going on in El Salvador. Uh, we have a great relationship with Kashmir Evangelical Fellowship in the Himalayan region of uh, India, where there are very few followers of Jesus. Kashmir Fellowship has about 450 churches. We participate very closely with them. We had a trip led by Frankie sitting right back there that went uh, this past, I guess, 
last fall, 2019, and served there. Also in India, they visited our other project in India, Remade India, where Amy and David Dingman, former staff members here at TLCC, have a ministry to a large village of about 10,000 people, I believe, where there's not one follower of Jesus, not one Christian. They've gone there, started a business, built relationships. They're starting to baptize people into Jesus Christ, and uh, there's a revival beginning in that city there, Remade India, one of our significant partners. We have a great partnership uh, through Convoy of Hope and our disaster relief work in Puerto Rico with a pastor there. We send trips to Puerto Rico. We real build homes. We're helping now to invest in rebuilding a the church there that's led by a pastor named Pastor Elvis. It's a great name, if nothing else. We have a great partnership with Convoy of Hope. There are disaster relief partner. Anytime there's a disaster any place in the world, we have the opportunity to be on the front lines because we are have make an investment in them financially and relationally constantly. Um, and that's been a huge part of why we were able to do what we were able to do around COVID. We have a partnership with Touch the World through whom we send youth missions trips every year. Um, we have a great partnership with the famous LA Dream Center, uh, a partnership and a relationship with uh, it's one of the most famous nonprofits in the world. We've had the opportunity to be there a number of times. I've had the opportunity to speak there a number of times. This past summer, Chilla, sitting right back here, uh, uh, Chilla from Hungary, led a, uh, a, a, a missions trip to the LA Dream Center to serve people in need there. We have a new relationship with a new organization called the Short Creek Dream Center, which is... Um, a, a, a dream center centered around rescuing women who uh, and children who were abused in the Warren Jeffs cult uh, there on the Arizona border, Arizona-Utah border in a, in a little community called Short Creek. It's not enough time to talk about it now, but there are national news stories happening around this right now, and, and we're one of the early adopters helping to support that uh, mission there. Uh, then we have a great uh, relationship with an organization called Movement.org, which uh, uh, sponsors movement days in major global cities. Uh, they, 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 uh, are doing amazing work. They pull together a diversity of pastors from a diversity of denominations, uh, for the purpose of creating unity and gospel movement in their cities. And what they're doing is amazing. Uh, we were able last year as a congregation to help sponsor Balkan Cities Movement Day in Athens, Greece where we actually, you remember the Macedonian call in Scripture where Paul has this vision to take the gospel to Europe because a guy from Macedonia says, come help us? Well, I was able actually to speak at Athens Movement Day and speak to, to pastors from Macedonia and develop relationships with them anyway. I wish I could say more about that except to say this is another very significant thing we're involved in and will continue to be involved in. Um, and I'm going to leave it there for now. I think you get a sense that when we talk about Plus Life missions, we're talking about a lot of things. We're talking about serving a lot of people. We don't like to go small here. It's a big vision. And the other part of it is we're just getting started. If you're new around here, I want you to imagine being able to get involved in some meaningful way in what it means to do the work of Jesus in this region or different places in the world. Come join what we're doing. All right, so... 
How do we spread God's love in ever-winding circles? Three strategies. First of all, plus life missions. I'll be quick with the next two. The second is what we call church multiplication. This is where we have a vision to launch five or four campuses uh, in addition to this campus in this region by 2025. You hear more about that uh, in, in a little while. We uh, uh, now a couple of years ago launched our first campus in Paramus. We were really getting some traction and momentum around th- that, especially early, earlier this year when COVID-19 hit. Our our location in Paramus is the AMC Theater, where we rent four theaters. And obviously, uh, we've pressed pause there because the idea of reopening another physical location, especially in a theater right now, is not something that we feel that we should be doing. And so we're we're in the we're, we're hoping to relaunch the Paramus campus uh, spring, although that seems doubtful because of of the realities I just addressed, or fall. And we're also open and praying to. Uh, the, the possibility of repositioning the Paramus campus in another location where we might be able to serve more people sooner. It's just, we have the equipment, the portable church, the staff. We could we could be having church basically any place in this region next Sunday if, if there was some opportunity that happened. Just know that we're thinking and praying about what that will continue to look like. And we're going to announce the launch of our third campus here in just a few seconds. The third way that we're spreading God's love in ever-widening circles is through serving other local churches and leaders. An example of this, I won't take much time with this, would be the hospitable leader experience that we hosted um, uh, last fall, I guess. Uh, last spring, I believe. Last spring. We hosted last spring. Last summer. I don't know. I've lost track of time. Last summer, summer 2019, we hosted the Hospitable Leader Experience where leaders from all over this region and around the country came to experience an immersion in the five welcomes of hospitable leadership and an immersion in the TLCC culture. A big thing is how do you grow a church that looks like this? And uh, we plan to do this again in 2020, but alas, COVID hit us. By God's grace, we'll do our second Hospitable Leader Experience in the fall of 2020. 21, one example of how we're trying to serve other churches and leaders. Now, the second Eureka. Does it sound like I'm talking fast? The second Eureka, or Eureka 2, is Vision 2025. Remember, the first Eureka is ever-widening circles. These are big ideas under which a lot of things are happening. The second Eureka I'll talk to you about today is Vision 2025. Vision 2025 flows out of the larger, ever-widening circles concept, but is more specific. Vision 2025, as we say it, is TLCC times 5 equals 10K by 2025. And what that means is, we launched this vision in 2018, and in 2018, we said that by 2025, we want to have an audience at least five times the audience we had in 2018 when we launched this vision, which would mean more than 10,000 people. And we want to have five TLCC campuses serving constituencies that need a church like ours. So TLCC times five times as many people, TLCC times five campuses equals an audience of 10,000 people by 2005. We get this concept of audience from the work of Jonathan Edwards, the great philosopher, pastor, theologian, who said the reason that God created the world is he wanted to create a bigger audience for himself. And so we say at TLCC, we want to create a bigger audience for God. All right. Now, 
Under Vision 2025, we're announcing today two major new Vision 2025 initiatives. These are new major initiatives that we're hoping to launch by God's grace next year. And uh, I want you to hear some different voices around this, and then I'll come up and finish it. Check out this video. A couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, Pastor Terry unveiled Vision 2025. We aspire to have five campuses and an audience of 10,000 people that we're sharing the gospel with by 2025. Now, this is an audacious vision, but we've been working towards it, and we're going to take a big step next year by opening our next campus, an online campus. Because of our experience in quarantine, TLCC was forced online in new ways, and we saw incredible results of people coming to Jesus who we may never have reached if we stayed within our four walls. I found TLCC through my amazing girlfriend, Kaylee. Um, She had just settled in New Jersey. I had the privilege of meeting Pastor Christian, and we struck up a relationship. Um, And I asked Christian to kind of mentor me and keep me accountable. That's when the journey really began. I remember it vividly. Um, Sunday, the 7th of April was baptism. And it was just coming full circle where he was going to be able to baptize me. And Charlie Chase was in there as well. And I'd met him a few times as well. So to me, I couldn't have been in a safer pair of hands for that as well. The experience itself, when I came out, um, you know, I just felt like hugging everybody. Yeah, just wanted to grab people, thank them, just show gratitude for what had just taken place. And it just, unbeknownst to me, there was a transformation taking place right there and then, in that very moment. Um, it's just because of my situation traveling back and forth. I didn't have the means to physically be there every Sunday or every other Sunday to attend a church service in the country. So I had to rely on not only mixing up the physical experience but adopting that for online community as well. It it made no difference. It could have been 10 o'clock at night for me. I want to be part of TLCC. It doesn't matter if I'm 55,000 miles away. That's my church. You know, I became a member for that reason. It's pivotal in terms of how the church can reach those in need of the gospel, how to be a part of community. It will be a disservice to those people knowing you have something so compelling, so transformative, that you just sat on the fence with that. We're, we're moving parts. We can go all over the world. We're a church everywhere we go. You don't have to have the physical building, but we have the means to create a building, but we also have the means to provide this access to people who are desirous of it. And there is no other way that I know of right now with the 21st century that you'd be able to spread the gospel to the end of the world without physically shipping Bibles out, going on mission trips, preaching that particular way which is all very well and good but how much more can you accelerate that with an online platform an online campus is much more than just streaming a service on sunday mornings it's about actually developing an online community and pastoring the people who are in that community we think that this is going to be a huge part leading us to have another campus and to having 10k people so that we can spread god's love Another key part of Vision 2025 is to be all in for the arts. Close your eyes for a minute and imagine your life without design, 
architecture, music, poetry, Netflix. To imagine a world without the arts, I don't want to live in that place. <laughs> I think the arts are, 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 are essential, and I think we as Christians have an, have, have an essential kind of responsibility by way of trying to impact culture through the arts. When I was young, you know, I had, a, I had a, lived a very rough lifestyle. I went from a perpetrator of violence to a, a victim of violence, and now I'm a preventer of violence. And that's all through the power of art, um, which is absolutely supported, driven, and guided by my faith. And I think that's why, as humans, we have such a connection to it, because art connects us to our creator. But I feel like that is art's highest and truest purpose. TLCC has a huge heart for the arts, but we want to take it to the next level. And there are three major ways that we're thinking of doing this. First of all, our Christmas show has always been a major way we've promoted the arts. And we want to continue to ramp this up in big new ways. We also want to add new arts experiences throughout the year, like concerts, plays produced by TLCC, art exhibits, great musical artists, and more. One of the most exciting parts of our whole vision for the arts, though, is by starting our very own TLCC School for the Arts. Imagine coming through TLCC on a weeknight and the building is transformed into different classrooms where students are receiving world-class instruction from professional artists in film, photography, graphic design, fine arts, vocals, dance, instruments, whatever. We believe we can become an epicenter for the arts in the region that people can come to for training. But this also has the capacity to serve the mission of TLCC as we develop new campus leaders, campus worship team members, new creative staff members, and more. We'll serve our community and help to spread the mission of TLCC as we continue to create more beauty through the arts and share Christ with people. If you really want something to reach the masses, art is one of the easiest and most effective ways to do that. I truly believe that one of, if not the most effective ways to influence a people's culture is through their art. The church has a role in influencing society in a positive way. You know, we need to be better stewards of the content that we're creating. The story that we have to tell is, you know, pardon the cliche, the greatest story ever told. Making a huge investment in the arts with all those things in mind seems, seems, you know, almost like an obvious choice. And I feel like by expanding into the arts, it's, it's another ever-widening circle of TLCC. So two major new Vision 2025 initiatives. First, to launch an online campus. We're not talking about streaming Sunday services. We do that fairly well. We're talking about creating an online church with everything that church means that can reach anybody in the world, literally. Anybody in the world can be a part of TLCC through the online campus. In order for us to do this properly, 
We're going to have to hire an online campus pastor and other staff to serve people in everything it means from, from figuring out how to get people baptized to helping them join life groups and life teams and helping them engage in plus life missions in their context and so on. Our goal is to launch the TLCC online campus in spring of 2021. I'm very confident that we're going to be able to do that. Uh, I should say, by God's grace, I'm very confident. We're going to be able to do that. And secondly, as you heard, we're going all in for the arts and all that that means. This, for instance, our school for the arts is not, is going to be a place for the community to come where we're going to offer best of class teaching. We have the people here in our congregation who would love to be engaged in that and our best of class at what they do in the world of arts. And uh, it also, our School for the Arts, is going to become a feeder program for the new campuses that we launch where we're raising up new worship leaders and new creative people and new film uh, editors and so on and so forth. You'll hear more about this in the future. But our goal is to launch the TLCC School for the Arts by fall of 2021. And in order to do that, we need to hire an executive producer to lead our ongoing arts programs and to get us positioned to launch this school. And um, our present creative team, they're tapped out doing what they already do. We need to bring someone on who can lead this part of our missional uh, uh, vision. Now, let me close this thing up. Uh, I want to prepare you. The band's getting ready to come back out. We're going to do a song together. And... Uh, and so on. But let me close with two responses. So the two Eurekas are ever-widening circles and vision 2025. I know there's a lot of other stuff in that, but that's the, those are the two big ideas. I want to now mention two responses to these two Eurekas. The first one is simple, but essential. It's faith. The kinds of things that we feel called to do here cannot happen through human power. In order for us to do God's work, we have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we need God to show up and do the things only God can do. And so what that necessitates is it necessitates faith in Him and acting on that faith in Him by praying and inviting Him to come and to do His work in us and through us. One of the ways that we've talked about this in the past is that we're introducing a BMAG when we talk about these things, a big, miraculous, audacious goal. Jim Collins, the business expert, talks about BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. These aren't hairy goals. These are miraculous goals. These are bigger than hairy goals. You understand what I'm saying? We need to believe that Jesus will help us. And the second response is generosity. In order for us to do the things that I've just talked about, we need the people of the Life Christian Church to do what you've always done, and that is to consider the vision, our shared vision, and to pray about what you might be led to do in terms of giving. I think it's important to say that, um, that our regular tithes and offerings fund our operations budget or everything we do here. Our regular tithes and offerings allow us to have a staff of about 30 people and allow us to make the mortgage payments, the utility payments, and have children's ministry and have youth ministry and all of that. Then we have a missions budget where people give 
an offering once a year above their regular tithe and offerings, which would be a, 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 an offering that would symbolize generosity, even sacrifice. And from this, we fund everything happening from here. All these missional things you've heard me talk about, Plus Life Local, Plus Life Global, Campus Multiplication, Serving Other Churches and Leaders, um, our new school for the arts, the online campus. All of this can't be funded from our regular tithes and offerings. Our regular tithes and offerings are already dedicated to what we're already doing. This is money to expand, to, to, to do things that are missional. And so we have a missions offering. Again, as I said a little earlier, typically we would have this in Lent. We've moved it forward to Christmas. Typically at Christmas, we have a kind of simple manger offering. Last year, that offering was about $50,000. This year, in order for us to fund what we're talking about through mid-year next year, we need an offering above our tithes and offerings during December, before the end of the year, of $250,000. And what that's going to necessitate is people really asking God, what should I do? And then doing what you feel led to do. It's really that simple. And all month long, we're going to give people an opportunity, obviously, to give online, as most of you now are doing. But if you're in person, every time we meet in person, we're going to have this manger that we've used for our Christmas offering every year for 25 years or so. We're going to have the manger set up in front of the room. And we're, we'll give you an opportunity at the end of our in-person services to bring whatever gift you feel led to give whatever gift that you pledge to give today or say you'll pray about giving today, to bring it and put it in the manger or to give it online. This will be all of our 11 Christmas shows and every time that we meet together on a Sunday.